0: Welcome to Drawn Out, a podcast about Disney animated film. I'm your host Brooke. I'm your other host Chase. And we have a guest
1: today for our very special spooky guest.
0: Halloween special.
1: Spooky scary skeletons. Spooky spooky spooky. Spooky scary
0: skeletons.
2: <laughs> Hi Ellie.
1: Hi. Yes, I'm the spooky scary skeletons here. Ah, I, with I today. get it. Yeah, Ellie the Ellie? skeleton. Thank yes. you.
3: My yeah, um, my Ellie Halloween power.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Ellie is a friend of the show. Um, she's my DM in one of my in the D and D group that is not DM'd by Chase.
3: Yes, <laughs> I'm the so. other DM. Yeah, I'm the other woman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm the other woman because you, you had her first. That's that true. is that's true. true.
0: I, yeah, I did. I did start the in the Fallout group before before chasing Crits.
1: Well, D and D aside,
0: Ellie, tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: Um, yeah, so I am a college student still, which I would love to be done. Um, I'm a graphic Hi. designer, and the program in in school is for graphic design, so which I I do love. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's That's me. I have lupus, live in the autoimmune dream, Um, and since this is a Halloween episode, Halloween is my favorite holiday. Uh, Favorite time of year is the fall, and so far for the month of October, um, I've only missed a few days, but I've been doing 31 days of Halloween horror movie viewings, so I've got a long list of movies that I've been going through. It's my dream. A lot of people don't like horror movies, and that's fine that people are wrong, but
1: (laughs) I've been enjoying myself. (laughs) I'll I'll stand in the wrong category. I'm not a horror movie fan, um, but I do love fall and Mm -hmm. autumn. It's
0: a good time. And for for me, it depends on when the horror was made, like 1930s, 1940s. uh, basically anything before Rosemary's Baby, I think I can handle. Yeah, that's your time. Uh, after Rosemary's Baby, I am extremely wary of. Yeah, that's like, fair. But but I would watch Midsummer if if I could watch it with Ellie. Oh. Which oh. I already I already know the entire plot of Midsummer and I'm terrified of it, but I would watch it with Ellie. It is
3: my the best. I don't even have the words. It's I had a great time. It is the feel good family film of the year. Um, I had a really great time in midsummer, But yeah, no The great horror movies Breakup
0: Revenge Fantasy Yeah,
3: Breakup Revenge Fantasy, that's exactly right But I mean, there are a lot of really good Scary, like Spooky Disney Media out there Mm -hmm. To kind of tide us over So you don't have to like the big, bad, scary stuff When we've got Fun, spooky And also wholesome
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Halloween
3: content.
0: Yeah. Ellie, have you ever considered doing your Halloween costume as the ghost of your thyroid? Oh, man. Well,
3: not until right (laughs) now, but (laughs) I'm looking over at the pillow that I have that's shaped like a thyroid, and I'm thinking, couple's costume goals, me and Thrandy, (laughs) out on the town. (laughs) Yeah, his name is Thranduil, Thrandy for short, Thrandy the Thyroid. Um, perfect Cute. yeah he lived too short but it's okay i'm mm-hmm. getting on fine without him
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. he he was betraying you
3: yeah well that's the halloween nightmare that's mm-hmm. my favorite yeah. horror movie is the, the loss of my thyroid, thyroid. Tried to kill you yeah yeah it was like murder from the <laughs> the call came from inside the house except it was <laughs> my own body so pretty cool <laughs>
1: Well, that's a little bit about Ellie. We're going to get to know some of Ellie's Disney, Disney. backstory, <laughs> yeah, in, we go. Um, in addition to all of your lovely horror backstory.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, what Disney movie did you watch, like, on a loop growing up? What was your favorite? What was oh, the one man. you couldn't get enough of there are in the early s- days
3: of VHS? They- okay, VHS days, that's a little bit easier, because um, there are so many... Pretty much, like, Disney Renaissance films, because, you know, um, we're all 90s kids, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was the era, like, I was born in 95, and so growing up with those animated films, I don't even know, a lot of Mulan. <laughs> yes.
2: Um, oh, yeah.
3: A lot of, I would say a lot of, like, princess movies in general that were a little more, like... I don't know what we would consider progressive for Disney in the 90s, but I wasn't ever super into, like, the classic princesses, Cinderella Sleeping Beauty, Mm -hmm. or even Belle. Even though I do love them as characters, um, the movies themselves were never, like, super my jam, but I'm gonna be Mm -hmm. real with you, I think... Probably the movie that my family and I watched the most was The Nightmare Before Christmas. And I know that's not, like, classically Disney. It is a Disney film.
0: That's why we're watching it. And that's why why we're watching it
3: (laughs) it today. Um, But yeah, that I think... So this is, like, the perfect episode for me because I'm... Like, we watched that every fall. So from, like, September through December, that was the movie of choice. Um, so I think I've probably seen that movie the most in my lifetime, but especially, like, in my youth. That was, like, the go-to. Nice.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's great. It's why we have you. here. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, now that you're older, is there, um, a Disney movie that's, like, your favorite as an adult? Um, oh, man. There
3: are so many good ones. Um... I think something that Disney does really well is make films that appeal to children, um, but also are very interesting and fun for adults. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're a fun person, if you suck, then maybe you're like, Disney movies are for kids. And again, <laughs> yeah. you would be wrong.
0: Yeah, um, I, I, I call that Lewis's law. C.S. Lewis once said that um, a children's story that can't be enjoyed by adults is not a good children's story.
3: That's exactly right. I think a lot about, like, kids' media out there from, you know, forever, and there's a lot of children's content that really is just, like, (laughs) garbo-trash, to use a scientific (laughs) term, garbo-trash, but there are so many good Disney films. I think in my adulthood, um, oh, gosh, I can't remember what year Princess and the Frog came out. I don't think I was technically an adult, but... Yeah, I I was still in high school at the time. So I would say, though, like for princess movies, Princess and the Frog, in my adulthood, I was like, okay, this is the best thing I've ever seen. I don't know. And I am really digging, okay, like Tangled, that also came out when I was in high school, but still for me has this rewatchability and this, like, I don't know, Mm -hmm. hits you right in the feels. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, there are so many. I have a whole drawer full of movies. I probably should have, like, gone through them to see, like, okay, what DVD am I, like, still pulling out in 2019 that, like, people <laughs> don't even use DVDs anymore? What am I still watching? Um, but yeah, those are the two that first came to mind.
1: I was about to, like, joke about, like, um, I use DVDs, but literally I pulled my DVD out this morning. And then was like, oh, there's a digital download code, we're doing that instead. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no one uses DVDs. I feel like
0: a good chunk of the DVDs we've watched for this show that have been yours, we've unwrapped maybe, like, 50% of the time we've been unwrapping them.
1: Yeah. I had to unwrap this one, too. (laughs) Um,
3: But anyway. Do we consider Marvel movies in the Disney movie realm?
1: Yeah, yes. they're not animated, but I mean, yes. most of them guess, are. Yeah, there we'll are, are some we animated. Talk, we
0: talk about them in, when we do our our news segments, but like this is when, true. we're probably we we're probably not going to like include them in our regular lineup.
3: Oh, that's fine. No. I mean, there's a lot. Um and they don't always fit like that yeah, with other Disney films, but I would say <laughs> um because I'm basic, yeah, pretty much every Marvel movie, we always go. I used to go to every midnight premiere. Now I'm and broken and so (laughs) don't do that anymore Mm -hmm. you know you go to like the 6 p.m showing or whatever um Mm -hmm. but yeah those probably i don't know and i know that like superhero movies everyone's kind of tired of them now but i still have such a good time i think the avengers probably my most watched yeah the first avengers that came out my senior year of high school i guess between my junior and senior year Um, first midnight premiere, first Marvel movie, I hadn't seen any of the rest of them. There weren't a ton at the time, but, um, that, like, blew my mind. That was the movie that got me really into Tumblr. I had an Avengers fan blog. Good times, man. Yeah, no,
0: So (laughs) I mean, mean, Avengers blogging on Tumblr is how Chase and I met, so.
3: That is really, that's really beautiful and lovely. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was such a good time when... You know, I was young, innocent, and Tumblr wasn't as much of a dumpster fire as it can be today. Um,
1: I think it was, we just didn't know it yeah, yet. We yeah, we were we were
3: in our own Avengers corner. We didn't know. Um, so, you know, back away it's okay. from it, intru- days,
1: it introduced us all to uh, Feminist Theory. Feminist Theory. And <laughs> uh,
3: I got to see a lot of pictures of Tom Hiddleston.
1: <laughs>
3: Everything I dreamed and more. Yeah, it was a good time.
1: Uh, are we gonna go back to our segment of specific Tom Hiddleston fantasies?
3: Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, now now we have to. To be very classically Tumblr, early fan fiction trope, um, I believe I had one of those like imagine posts that was meeting Tom Hiddleston at a coffee shop in London in the rain and like Mm. walking around London in the you know see yeah you got that you guys got that dreamy look on your faces you understand Mm -hmm. um yeah and then like going back to his place and because this is wholesome like you know Ellie in high school Mm -hmm. warming up by the fire and just talking about our
1: feelings or whatever
3: (laughs) as an adult a little bit different but that's what we'll stick with for now
1: it's funny, because you said coffee shop, and I was like, yes, that's mine, too. We're going to talk shop- about Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. Coffee shop. But even shop as an adult, you. I'm still like, all I want to do is just talk about Shakespeare with Tom Hiddleston. Good for you.
3: He's one of the best people to talk about it with, so I think you made a good choice. Mm-hmm. Perfect celebrity crush, Tom Hiddleston. Hey, Tom, we love you. <laughs>
1: We love you so much. <laughs> Tom Hiddleston listens to this podcast. We're on first I would Tom, die. hey, we love you. <laughs> hey Tommy, what's hey, up? Tommy. <laughs> um
0: so who is your favorite Disney princess or hero, Ellie? Man. Um so I I know this isn't
3: normal for everybody, which still kind of baffles me. Um because it was my entire childhood, but we're a very Disney family. Um, mom's obsessed with Disneyland. We, you know, go as much as we can. Um, every Disney movie we owned like the VHS and or DVD coming into the 2000s. So there are a lot for me to choose from because I've seen it all. Um, but I would say right now today in 2019, favorite princess, probably still Princess Tiana. after seeing Princess and the Frog, I was like, This is just, not to be, like, so woke of me. I'm just kidding.
2: Um,
3: (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I really, like, everything about her is, like, the perfect, like, she is, you know, to be super cliche, strong and independent, um, but she's fighting against a system, like, an entire systematic, similar to how Mulan was, I think, um, an entire system that's working actively against her um, and because it's you know a, a Disney fantasy she does get all of the good things in the end which I appreciate because you know sometimes you need some of that feel good um, yeah and not to be against so this is just so aggressively me um, I I just... I love The Night Before Christmas so much. (laughs) Ultimate film, best movie ever. So I am always really identified with Jack Skellington, um, The Pumpkin King. And (laughs) okay, I don't have anywhere else to say this, but um, as a child growing up watching that movie, I will say that Jack Skellington did give me a voice kink. (laughs) I'm sure I'm not alone in that, but I'm not about to go on Twitter and be like, hey, any other Danny Elfman stands out there want to
0: sit around
3: <laughs> talk about Jack Skellington and our uh, youth awakenings?
0: Well, but also you did end up ver- marrying a tall and skinny man. I That ended up usually
3: being my type, tall, thin men that looked like mm-hmm. Tim Burton characters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Ammon's very gaunt. He has sharp features. Mm-hmm. Um He's a very Victor Van Dort from The Corpse Bride. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We love to see it. So, yeah, I mm-hmm. would say like Disney Princess-wise, Tiana definitely. Um I will say though I do love Tangled. Um number one love, <laughs> love her. Uh that movie and I love Rapunzel. Um Rapunzel and Flynn Rider, ROTP like Just the best. So, yeah, I think for those, like, that's probably what comes to mind. Just forefront those characters. I just love seeing kind of that unique Disney hero's journey for each of them. Overcoming their own shortcomings and Mm -hmm. saving the day.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. That's That's a really good lineup of just, like... Tiana, Rapunzel, and Jack's and Jack Skellington. Yes.
0: (laughs) Why not? Yeah. Why not throw him in the mix? Mm -hmm. Uh, Who's your favorite villain?
3: Um. Okay. I I've had Princess and the Frog on the brain lately. Um, and also I'm a fool, so I would say it's a toss up between Doctor Facilier, who is. Mm-hmm. So cool, mm-hmm. so creepy He has a great villain song Yes um, And you feel like a real threat with him Like he's yes. actually got some really bad Spooky power Oh um,
0: yeah, especially if you're raised religious And you're like, oh no 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 no, We're not, oh, gonna, we're yeah. not gonna mess with that stuff big,
3: Yeah, being raised religious Big like um, Voodoo is Voodoo can be used for evil mm-hmm. <laughs> feelings, um, which is what he does, which is really cool of him. And also I will say, and I know this is kind of controversial because a lot of people have big, strong feelings about The Hunchback of Notre Dame, which is, I didn't mention this, but it is one of my favorite Disney movies. (laughs) So, like, the music, the setting, there's something weirdly just, like, sexy about it to me. It's just so beautiful. I can't even handle it. Um, but judge cloud frollo i think about that dude in my nightmares sometimes like he is the ultimate i think he's also kind of this like threat representative of uh, an evil system and Mm -hmm. he's like at the top and no one can do anything to stop him even though they try phoebus tries he's out there trying he doesn't do a very good job Until, like, the very end when he's like, oh, I'm going to run away. Like, okay, dude, you could have done that, like, an hour ago, but all right. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, Frollo and his villain song, Hellfire. Mm -hmm. And, again, I know Mm -hmm. this is kind of controversial, but I hope someone just comes and attacks me for it online. Because I really don't have a defense other than it's really good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: really scary and it's really Mm -hmm. cool.
1: But it is very powerful, for sure. You're not the
0: first first person to, to, to... to say uh Frollo. No. I think Yeah. In fact this is, I think so
1: good. Yeah. I think it was
0: in the last episode we recorded. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great.
1: Yeah. So we well, you're get back into to that. back Frollo, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um
3: Last
1: question. Is, favorite
0: Disney song. Okay,
3: this is such a hard one. Yeah. Because I mean there are a lot of Disney movies and in those Disney movies there are even more Disney songs. Um, I'm gonna bar myself, even though I do love Jack's Lament from Nightmare Before Christmas, I sing it, like, every day this month. I've been having a breakdown, because it's just that time of year, it's breakdown time, Mm -hmm. and Nightmare Before Christmas soundtrack has been on, like, 24-7, on a loop. Ammon's gone a lot, and I think he's glad, because he's like, do I have to listen to this again? And I'm like, (laughs) yes, but okay. (laughs) Um, But I would say just, like, in my lifetime, um out there from mm. the Hunchback of Notre Dame like that song no matter where I'm at no matter what I'm feeling I could just cry like I hear it and I'm like okay it's time to cry mm-hmm. um yeah I just like can't that, think of another like anything yes, on that level it's it's so good have you, heard, have good you heard some
0: of our twitter friends sing that I think lol has a recording of him singing it somewhere and I think Trevor does too
3: um, okay, well, let me tweet those boys real quick. <laughs> hey, Trevor and Lowell, my good, good friends. Can you mm-hmm. please um, send me this? I've had people send me recordings of their songs before, but that was Mason uh, singing mm-hmm. the Skyrim-themed song in
0: men's oh, chorus. <laughs> Mason's a good singer, too.
3: Years and years ago, yeah. Or someone singing Phantom of the Opera, of course, but... Hell Yeah. I could talk about that for hours, but this is not a Phantom of the Opera podcast, tragically. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Sorry, when Disney does an animated remake of Phantom of the Opera, we'll be there.
3: Let's let's try and kickstart that. Yeah, let's get that going.
1: There was the um, the Wicked One floating around for a while, so like, let's go that for Phantom true. of the Opera next. Yeah.
3: Fingers crossed. We'd love to see it. Yeah, definitely, though. Out there. Number one
1: very 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 That's good, good
0: song oh actually um ellie i think you get the bonus question do you have any special park memories oh thank you for this question
3: um man so many i still remember going to disney world for the first and so far only time like, <laughs> eight years old um like i remembered that it was really rainy most of the time we were there because we went in february which was a great time to go Um, But I've been to Disneyland way, way more. Um, And so I think... Oh, man. I have a hard time with character actors now that I'm older. Um, I have a harder time just, like, you know, putting away my disbelief in the magic. And just, like, enjoying myself, like, hugging Winnie the Pooh or whatever. It's still fun, but it isn't quite as, like, impactful as it was when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say... The last time I went to, the last two times I went to Disneyland, so one was this last April. Oh, I guess I went two years ago. I've gone the last three years in a row because I just got really lucky. I got cancer and my mom felt bad, so she took me to Disneyland two years ago (laughs) and last year and this year. So get sick, kids, and your mom (laughs) will (laughs) use her savings to take you to Disneyland because she feels bad. (laughs) Um, that's very, like, a middle class of me, but, uh, the last time I went this April for my 24th birthday, and then three years ago, I took Ammon, my husband, for the first time ever. He had never been before. Um, and being able to, like, be in the park with him, who also grew up loving Disney movies, his favorite movie ever as a kid was The Little Mermaid. He just, like, watched that on repeat, which is very cute um going to the park with him and i'm a park pro so like i know what i'm doing (laughs) i know like all the best rides you get fast passes for first and now they have fast pass on your phone Mm -hmm. which is just like Mm life-changing but doing that and just going around the park and being like hey this was my first ride when i was a kid this ride is my favorite hana mansion best ride um, obviously I'm into Spooky.
2: Um, <laughs> what a surprise. taking
3: him around, yeah, right, surprise. <laughs> and now they have all the Star Wars stuff everywhere, and that mm-hmm. was also fun because you've got this kind of, like, traditionally male nerdy thing. Um, men are always trying to claim Star Wars for themselves. But this thing that's, like, traditionally male, like, sci-fi, well... Science fantasy, but, you know. Mm -hmm. And taking... Disney being able to have that and put it in parks, that, like, is the perfect marriage of, like, all of these cool things. And so sharing that with him, but also... (laughs) It's like a gateway drug. I'm like, oh, you like Star Wars? Let's go check out Fantasyland and see what's going on there. Like, (laughs) showing him around the park like I was his personal, like, chauffeur going around and being like, this is my childhood memory. Mm -hmm. That was so amazing um just seeing that like through his eyes reliving it for the first time because i went to disneyland for the first time when i was like a baby right you know i've been going since i was a kid and so there was not really any like oh first time doing this thing i mean i do remember like when tower of terror was built (laughs) (laughs) you know stuff like that i remember big construction projects Mm -hmm. um and so stuff
1: like that i remember when dca used to be a parking lot
3: oh my (laughs) gosh yeah back in the day california adventure didn't exist um good times but yeah stuff like that like getting to show him around and kind of introduce him to like (laughs) welcome to my world and like walking into disneyland
1: do you pretty amazing do you watch doctor who
3: Always. Okay. Uh, not anymore, but I shouldn't yeah. say always. Not anymore because I don't have real television. Right. Um,
1: but, but yes, the the doctor always talks about like, yeah, I love taking people who haven't experienced these things and experiencing them with them and yes. watching them experience the first time. Like that's how I feel when I take my friends to Disneyland who've never wow, been or haven't that's been very often. So
3: accurate, because the doctor yeah. done this a million times, but right. He and she, um, the doctor they love this experience of seeing the wonder on people's faces taking them to the, like, to Mars. Mm -hmm. Well, okay,
1: that... That didn't work out so well. That's the
3: worst example example ever. Taking them to cool planets that aren't Mars (laughs) and through history. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's a really good way to describe it. It's just that same, like, wonderment. Yeah. um, Really fun to share.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah okay oh man so now you maybe just yeah. want to go to disneyland again i
3: know i miss my pass so much <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh my gosh that's true you guys are california
1: uh-huh both of you Natives. right yep yep yeah. yep okay i well... still have a pass i just now really want to go <laughs>
3: now you can't okay you have to go in my honor just go and be like and all nine. right and brooke yeah take mm-hmm. us both in your heart
1: you know, when you guys were out in Anaheim, I almost like messaged you, like, hey, I know we've only web chatted one time when I was working on your app, but I want to go to Disneyland with you. <laughs> oh,
3: that would have been amazing. That's okay. I did not see anybody when I went because I was blinders
0: for Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, I think which we was almost met up for a weekend, but then something came up.
3: We did. Yeah. I think we almost met up um, when I was in Anaheim. Yeah. This yeah. Year. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, now. That we've officially talked, all three of us, (laughs) plan next time I'm in Anaheim, (laughs) go and do like a two-day pass at Disneyland. Yes. We'll go. By the way, for anyone listening, if this gets published by the end of the year, their three-day pass that they've been doing... Like, their deal, do, like, mm-hmm. Disney two days, California Adventure one day. I, you can decide how you yeah. do it. It is, I mean, it's obviously expensive, but the discount on that versus doing, like, a one or two day pass is so cheap mm-hmm. that Hard it's, degree. like, just worth it. Please save yeah. up and go to Disneyland. In my honor. Everyone listening. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Um. So, we are watching a very, very spooky special movie tonight, today. This time. Whatever time you're listening. We've (laughs) already watched it whenever you're listening to this. But, like, whatever. Whatever time it is (laughs) when you're listening. The Nightmare
0: Before Christmas.
1: (laughs) The Nightmare Before Christmas. Spooky. Um. When was the last time you watched it, Ellie? Um... Two days ago,
3: <laughs> and uh, two days before that, and three days before that. It's been, incredible. A, been a lot of Nightmare Before Christmas, even before I knew that's what we were doing for this. I didn't even do it to prepare. I'm just, I'm always ready to watch and
1: talk about the Nightmare Before Christmas. Amazing. Incredible. Yeah. Brooke, when was the last time you watched it?
0: Um, I think it was... <sighs> Jeez. We have it on iTunes, we've had it on iTunes for a while, and I know when I was a kid I watched it, like, every year, like, a lot, but I think since college or so, I think I've only watched it once in the last, you know, two or three years.
1: Okay. Happy- yeah, happened, I, Chase? I haven't seen it since I was 18, so <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's awesome. been a really long time. It's
0: been, oh, it's been 10 gosh. years, Chase. Yeah, I'm well, so
3: excited to hear your guys... This is me reliving (laughs) watching The Nightmare Before Christmas for the first time through both of you.
1: Yeah, it's not the first time, it's just been a long time. Um, It's been a while. Yeah, I had a weird experience with Nightmare Before Christmas, which... So I didn't watch it until I was 18, but I played Kingdom Hearts. So my entire experience with Nightmare Before Christmas growing up was Kingdom Hearts. Oh, the best! Uh, (laughs) Which, yeah, it's so good! And, like, I had the soundtrack for some reason, I guess, because my friends liked the movie. So I knew all the songs, and I played... Kingdom Hearts, and so I wow. knew all this stuff, but I had never yeah, seen it I've for a very long it. time. Fascinating. So I have a yeah. very strange. I'm really excited to rewatch it because I don't know a lot about the movie, but I know a lot about the movie. I don't know the yeah, movie. Yeah, I know yeah. a lot about it. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's so so
3: that's gotta be weird. <laughs> that's
1: awesome though. But right, I'm, so I'm really go excited go to, to sit down and watch it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Let's
1: go do it. Okay. Okay. Oh that was good. We're back. I think we said this before and we're gonna oh. say it a lot more, but that was a big millennial mood.
0: Yes. Oh my <laughs> goodness. I love this movie so much.
1: <laughs> oh man. Um, and um, and I will say
0: that like my my brother was watching too and he had some he had some good stuff. So I might be mentioning something <laughs> that he said as a joke. As yes. a Gen Z kid who hasn't watched it in a long, oh, long time. Man. Oh, yeah.
3: We'll get a unique perspective there.
1: <laughs> no. uh, so. Yeah.
0: No, he, he he's refused to guest for real. Aww. So I'm just always going to... If he has something to say when we watch the movie, I'm always just going to say
1: Yeah, it. Guesting by proxy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I think we've had... Comments from him before, just sort of, like, casually.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like, at best, we're going to get three of my brothers to host, but that's
1: (laughs) that one. So, Nightmare for Christmas. That's a good movie. Yes, it is. Pretty solid film. It's not very long. I thought it would be longer. Um, Yeah, it's, like, only... It's under 90, so... Mm -hmm.
0: And something I had not, like... I hadn't looked too deep into the cast. I knew Catherine O'Hara was the uh, voice of Sally, but I hadn't really thought about. I haven't watched Nightmare Before Christmas since I started watching Schitt's Creek, the Canadian sitcom on which she is a star. (laughs) Um, And it was just like watching her be so sweet and delicate versus the Grand Dom with a zillion wigs, who says says bebe instead of baby.
1: (laughs) Definitely Uh, a different character.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she's a woman of rage. Uh, Yeah. And um, I did not know, I think I knew that Danny Elfman did the singing voice for Jack Skellington. What I did not know is that for the speaking voice, they cast Chris Sarandon, which uh, many people know best as Prince Humperdinck of The Princess Bride.
3: Pretty wild. It's kind of a yeah. That's like a mind flip. I was so I still can't envision that in my head. But to be fair, I haven't seen Chris Sarandon in very many things.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and so
0: that being the
3: only thing I knew yeah. him I was like,
0: yeah, okay. See, I've seen him in Princess Bride, and then one episode of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. <laughs> <laughs> he played a con man, and he was great.
1: Nice. Oh, that's yeah. Cool. And then
0: there's like. Well, when we get when we get to the line where like my brother finally was like, oh yeah, that sounds like Comperdink. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. But <laughs> I, yeah, oh, like he is also he is a man. He is a man of range. He, he's a man of mm-hmm. range. Yeah, He's a well, good actor.
1: And speaking of Danny Elfman, um, the music in this is phenomenal. Yes, all
0: um, the music. He's he's the singing voice of Jack Skellington. Um, Oingo Boingo Boingo does did not quite a few voices.
3: Him. What? No, that's exactly right. Um, I I do have a story about that, just real quick. Um, last Christmas, I was visiting my parents in Colorado, and we did, of course, our yearly viewing of The Night Before Christmas, which my sister-in-law had never seen, um, because I guess she lacks <laughs> taste. Um, and we were talking about it, and I pulled up this cool fun fact that i thought was like so cool because i did not know that danny elfman got his start in new wave (laughs) music with oingo boingo (laughs) and then all of the sudden big career move switched over to like film scores um so i pulled that fact out at family dinner and my mom like just dragged me for like 20 minutes she was like you didn't know that uh, and I was my like, parents
0: did the first time i heard like, it i'm a 90s it's kid like, i'm not how am i supposed like, to know who oingo boingo was like how was i supposed <laughs> to know like we didn't like my mom didn't start putting dead man's party into her 80s mix until after we knew that
3: that's exactly what happened to me i was like oh dead man's party what a what a funky spooky vibe okay Nobody told me, and I'm sorry that I didn't just Google Danny Elfman until 2018 and, like, read his entire discography. This is
1: really funny to me because I did grow up with Dead Man's Party. Um, which is funny because my parents oh. aren't big like oldies people, but like my sister and I danced to that all the time when we were kids. And then I didn't know who Danny Elfman was bop. until I was older. So <laughs>
0: like I'm, su- I'm sure your connection I'm, I'm is sure still your parents hard. are into '80s music, but I also can't picture your parents listening to '80s music.
1: It's not. Yeah, no, it's not. Like my parents actually listen to very modern music. Um, my mom mm-hmm. goes to the gym and works out to Taylor Swift, and my dad um, oh, is right. a big fan, uh, or he was of Anne Berlin when they were popular, and he's really in. Post Malone right now, um, so wow, mom, that's yeah. so funny because I'm just still age. used
0: to like your serious theologian dad.
1: Oh yeah, he's that too, <laughs> and,
0: and, and your and and your like pristine house like Bible study leader
1: mom. Uh, yeah, I mean, but they, my they, family you, you is know, both. Pe- people contain multitudes. So, so you know, you yeah. know me, and I am also all of those things. So yes, you are, you are all
0: of those things.
1: <laughs> But anyway, yeah. So Danny Elfman, great job.
0: <laughs> yes, he also has the range. This is a movie. Yeah. With, this is a movie made by people with range. What? Well, does Tim Burton have the range? <sighs> well, he, he did the right, characters. Right. He like wrote um, a short story on mm-hmm. it, but I think there's been like, it's mostly a the poem. Between... Yeah,
3: I th- I, I th- tweeted. Um, what like a week and a half ago the link to on youtube i mean it's like a bootleg version Mm -hmm. so it's not the best sound quality but christopher lee reading (gasps) the poem with some little like 2d animation from the Mm. film like you know related to those Mm -hmm. characters and how they did it it is lovely and i I did cry (laughs) um and also, it was kind of spooky nice, because Christopher Lee also has the mm-hmm. range, mm-hmm. and he is dead. Mm-hmm. And so here, it was, like, so appropriate for my 2019 Halloween mood. <laughs> I'm listening to a dead man read the poem A Nightmare Before Christmas. It was just really, it was a fun <laughs> time. So yeah, highly recommend looking that up, because... It just it added a lot for me to the history of the story. Mm. I mean, it's a short history because it's like Tim Burton, you know. Yeah, he's not dead. <laughs> still, he's not dead. He's still alive, and he was pretty young when. Yeah, I, know, like, like, Christmas
1: came I mean, we well, we a few, it was how long ago did we watch Vincent? Uh, um, it was a few weeks ago. Okay. But, yeah. Like, I think Vincent was like
0: eight. The the Vincent short was eighty eight, and then Nightmare okay. Before Christmas is ninety
1: three. Okay. So yeah, he's well into he. Well, he's left Disney by this point. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. So, who is the actual director of Nightmare Before Christmas?
0: Um, it was I've got the IMDb Henry Selick. Yeah, I got the. and then, uh,
1: That's okay. I just I, 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 I just know of, that. Yeah. I I didn't think we needed IMDb. We have that. Ellie here. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Oh, please, guys, <laughs> don't pull up IMDb. Let me just like you know have the cast and, like tattooed. And,
0: and there's like there's been kind of a fight between him and Tim Burton over like who actually has ownership of like mm. who can call the movie theirs, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, I guess in the popular culture, it's a
1: Tim Burton movie, mm-hmm. but like, well, because but it's but it it's a Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. That's yeah, what it's called.
0: That is what it's called, yeah. but he didn't
1: direct it. I.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make the final say as the s- super fan, the Nightmare for Christmas. Stan, this is Henry Selick's film. Um, Tim Burton did obviously have a lot to do with the character mm-hmm. design and um, his input. I mean, in all the behind the scenes footage, like he's around mm-hmm.
2: uh,
3: when they're actively working on the film, but. We've seen a lot of the work that Henry Selleck has done otherwise with James and the Giant Peach, Coraline, mm-hmm. um, other films like that that people think are very Tim Burton-esque. And so I think that they both have similar visions. They worked so well together in this mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do consider this um, a Henry Selleck film. First and foremost, him being the director. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With Tim Burton inspiration, yeah, yeah, that's I suppose, and maybe I'm gonna wake up dead with Tim Burton standing over my bed tomorrow morning. But
1: I um, really, yeah, I think I want to agree with you, like as Mm -hmm. a someone who is a writer, and so I feel like like the writing and the story are what make a story. Mm -hmm. But I also cannot see this movie existing as successfully as it does with any other aesthetic.
3: Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah, this is... The Tim Burton aesthetic fits this
1: film, like... Yeah. Yeah, you can't pull them apart. They're married to each other completely. Well, and also, like, this movie and the aesthetic really created a culture. um, Oh, yeah. Which... And you know what? Well, let's be real honest that we can all attribute that to Margaret Keene, who inspired Tim Burton, so Mm -hmm. we would be remiss if we didn't mention her. Um, Yeah. Big time. But... Other than that, like this is very yeah, much up. both of their film belongs to both of them. Their love yeah. child.
0: Yep, yep. That that is, that is yeah. a, so. They need to. S- that is a <laughs> that is a good variation of auteur theory.
1: <laughs> <laughs> love child official. Theory, <laughs> yeah. Um. So, can we talk about? I know. So Ellie, you have a big thing for Bone Daddy, but. I am also kind of on board with this just from the introduction of Jack Skellington. Like, the very, very beginning, he comes out, like, as a scarecrow with a pumpkin head, scarecrow with sets a pumpkin it head. on yeah. fire, Plastic. and then dives into a fountain and comes out as... And then rises yeah. oh out Oh my god, and, like, what a drama king! Dance. I was so into yeah. it. I was like, I love this man.
3: <laughs> He's incredibly extra, and... He was my first love, (laughs) and will continue to be um, until the day I die, and probably after that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Just best character. He is so... And I... You guys are the Disney experts, um, so I will refer to your knowledge. Um, He, the character Jack Skellington, is so, like flamboyant mm-hmm. and dramatic and extra and mm-hmm. all those like really fun ways and i don't know how many male characters we see like that in other films at the time that aren't just like caricatures of... i mean
1: prince eric is pretty extra he is but
3: and he's a little femmy in like the best way yeah
1: He's just yeah, pretty. yeah. I think, uh, but most of the time, these these dramatics are reserved for villains. Most of the time, yeah. That just blew my mind a little bit. Okay,
3: wow. Is Jack Skellington the villain of this film? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, here's... <laughs> I mean, he kind of is. My big, like, he brain is. epiphany is that, like, Jack and Sally, like, as much as they're kind of, like, straight people, like, to the extreme, they're also on some level, like, gay and lesbian solidarity. <laughs>
3: Yes! Yeah, yeah, women loving women, men loving men, solidarity. <laughs> yeah, like, like
0: I think for a lot, I think that might be the pe- appeal for a lot of, a lot of folks. It's like they're a straight passing couple, but they're also, but like in the queerest way.
1: Yeah, uh, they Yeah, I believe
3: I tweeted um on what was it bisexual day, mm-hmm. what whenever that was a couple weeks ago. Um Oh, Pride Visibility mm-hmm. Day. Happy by Visibility Day to me and also Jack <laughs> Skellington. Um and I really didn't know how to articulate that like I Jack Skellington is just a bisexual icon and that is just how it yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Um but he and Sally do have that vibe. So I'm glad. Okay, I'm glad that I predicted that correctly <laughs> and it's canon now. Jack and Sally are, are bi-cons.
1: <laughs> I think that's very good. Yes.
3: Jack Skellington and Sally turned me gay.
1: And I think well, the other thing that makes me love Jack and Sally um is that her B plot isn't a B plot. Like she and her problem is introduced within 5 minutes of the film. Like and it's repeated like front and yes, center. Yes. They they go yeah. back and forth with Jack and Sally very quickly, and Sally has far more screen time than Oogie Boogie does.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. He's
1: not introduced until 40 minutes into the film. Like, we didn't even <laughs> and he's only there for, like, maybe... <laughs> he gets time. a song, and then he's gone. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I love that, because usually your, like, love interest is relegated to a B-plot side story, but her struggles yeah. and her growth happen in tandem with Jack, and I think that was really cool, and it made me really happy. Yeah, but- and
0: it was great, because she was also, like, the only, she's the only sensible person in the
1: entire... Right!
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It's like, exactly it's it. her and Santa, that's
3: it. Yeah. Santa does have that going for him. Good for him. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Sally, I... I don't know if this is a hot take. My take, Sally's the real hero of this <laughs> story. Yes. Um, Jack ruins Mm -hmm. everything, does. Big time. And she fixes Mm -hmm. it. But not in the, like, I need to fix your mess kind of way. There is a love between them that I see as very equal. And, like, Mm -hmm. they both have uh, their own progression as characters in the story that is more than just, like, their love for each other. yeah. I mean, it is love, but... Almost in, like, a friendship way, and then in the end... I mean, and she has her song, you know, Sally's Mm -hmm. song, where she talks about how they're not meant to be um, with her struggles. I think of just, like, supporting him, because he goes kind of off the wall. Yeah.
0: Well, and and Um, and the end song literally begins with My Dearest Friend.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm
3: -hmm. Oh, my gosh. I'm gonna... (laughs) I'm not gonna cry during this episode, because I am too tired, but... (laughs) That line, that song, it's just, like, so pure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it ties up the story very
0: nicely. And and the delivery's
1: perfect. Since we're talking about Sally's song, one of the things that I noticed throughout the soundtrack is that we are introduced to character melodies before we get to the song. Which I think is so cool. Like, Sally's song plays... The minute we meet Sally, even though it's going to be, like, another 20 minutes before she actually sings. Mm -hmm. And Oogie's theme is the same. When we're introduced to the shadow Oogie, we start to hear that score, even though the song's another 15 minutes away. And I just thought that was so cool. And I was like, oh, like, I don't know the movie well, but I know this music very well. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Danny Elfman is a genius. That's, like, the most obvious take ever, but this movie set up a lifetime of me just, like, everything he does is perfect. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's, I think this is probably the most musically driven film we've watched. And even ah. as deep as we are into the Renaissance, like, we go from song to song to song to song with hardly a break.
0: Mm-hmm. So Yeah, we haven't really seen anything like that since Alice. The Alice is no. more of a collection yeah. of songs. And this is and then this is like a true musical.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I I think it is like when you listen to just the soundtrack, you get pretty much the entire plot. Like, um, I remember growing up a big musical for me was Phantom of the Opera. hmm Because I'm basic. Same, same. Um yeah. Yeah. And Bigger. some people think it's trash and they might be. <laughs> but I love it. But something listening to Phantom of the Opera, I didn't even get the whole story from the music. It wasn't until I saw the critically acclaimed 2005 <laughs> film starring Gerard Butler and Emmy Ross <laughs> that uh, maybe that movie made me gay, actually. <laughs> um. <laughs> That's
0: extremely possible. <laughs> <laughs>
3: But uh, it wasn't until I saw the film, and there isn't a lot of dialogue, and I was a child when I listened to the soundtrack for the first time, but I listened to it a lot, and it wasn't until I actually saw it on screen that I was like, oh, that's what's going on? Like, I really didn't know. And I think part of that is, like, visuals in a Mm -hmm. musical, you know, like, a little bit different there, but I don't know. Danny Elfman, my king... He just did that like so Well and you Don't think of Disney movies like That as musicals Mm -hmm. Um you know Not like stage productions even though A lot of them have been turned into stage productions Mm -hmm. Um but that Movie is so Perfectly like it's one of the best musicals I've ever heard because the music Tells you exactly what's Happening Mm -hmm. throughout The entire story
0: and I mean you Need to see the movie because it's the best, <laughs> and the aesthetic alone is just like yeah. Well, they've done perfect. they've done this in concert, I think, a few times. Yeah, with Danny Elfman and I think Catherine O'Hara too.
1: Nice.
0: I think
3: uh, Ken Page. Okay. The voice of Oogie Boogie. He has been involved in projects like that. I yeah, mean, he, legend. he came back.
0: He he's Boogie Oogie Boogie in Kingdom Hearts. Like he he yes. always comes back for Kingdom Hearts.
3: My boy. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, my boy. That is so cool. And I'm not sure this is like kind of related. I don't know um very much about the Oogie Boogie Bash that they do every year for Halloween because I am a normie that hasn't. For been
1: busy clarification, for this is the first year of the Oogie Boogie Bash. Every other year it's been Mickey's mm. Halloween party, just pointing that out. <laughs> okay.
3: Thank you so much. Okay, so I feel less like yeah now. Well, I guess that I didn't know that, maybe I am. But I've never been, so that's good.
1: (laughs) It's, you know, it was fun when it was like $30. And so you could pay $30, go to Disneyland for a few hours with no lines and free candy and lots of character meet and greets. That was really cool. Now Now it's like the same or more than an actual ticket.
3: And it's really crowded
1: and like, it's cool you get to dress up it's amazing how much money I will pay to be allowed to legally dress up at Disneyland. That's exactly right. <laughs> but, other than that...
3: That's what you're paying for. You're paying for the privilege of wearing a costume yep. and not getting attacked by parks. Yeah, that's that's actually 100% correct.
2: Oh at least gosh. for me.
3: Okay, well, that's... Yeah, that's good to know. Well, I, I have a friend going um, next week, so I'm having her report back to me what it's like, because... I've never been any year for Halloween. Um, I have been during the time when the Haunted Mansion is yes, Nightmare Before yes. Christmas, um, which is delightful, mm-hmm. and I almost feel bad. It is, like, the my favorite ride, mm-hmm. um, but I almost feel bad that the Nightmare Before Christmas version of the Haunted Mansion looks so much better. <laughs> like, technically, in, in some scenes, I'm like... That just looks, like, newer. and
1: Yeah, I mean, well, and part of that is just the aesthetic, is, like, Night Before Christmas is much more bright and exciting versus the Haunted Mansion, yeah, which is fair. much more doom and gloom, and...
3: yeah, Doom and gloom, times. Yeah, in the
1: times, fun way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
3: yeah, A little more, yeah, old school. So, I, it does make me laugh, though. I'm like, oh, so this is the... This is the best Disney film? Okay. <laughs> this is superior to all other Disney films? Cool.
1: <sighs> um... So, I guess we could, like, you know, actually go through yeah. the movie like we normally do. We've just yeah, been talking so excitedly. Like.
3: I feel so bad. Yeah, I don't know how your guys' show works, because I haven't listened to enough episodes. To, like, to really be honest, most of our guests
1: don't listen to our show.
3: <laughs> oh, well, I'm gonna break that mold. Okay, <laughs> I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, But, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know how you guys do this, so if we want to go...
0: From the beginning of the film, that's the usually end. what we do, and I mean we've touched on a Perfect. lot of things already. We have that we have. intro, and we have Jack being extra as hell. Um, and I did not look this up, but I have a feeling that you might know. So we have some ghosts and the fire at the beginning. Is that traditional animation done over?
1: I'm fairly certain. Yeah, it's gotta be. I can tell you, yeah, because
3: I know beautiful. This. Um. So at the end of the Night Before Christmas on DVD, there is a bonus features uh, thing, and it's like 20 or 30 minutes long. It's like pretty decent. And it goes over a lot of the technical things from the film. But what they did is they 2D animated you know, like normal Mm -hmm. animation would be at the time, um, those Mm -hmm. ghosts that are carrying pumpkins, and then At the middle of the movie, later on, you see those same ghost-carrying presents Mm -hmm. um, during Making Christmas. Mm -hmm. But um, they 2D animated the the ghosts, and they had to have the shapes with the pumpkin cut out in them. Mm -hmm. So animating the ghost itself and leaving space for the 3D Mm -hmm. pumpkin, and then laying that over and 3D animating the pumpkin by itself, or the multiple pumpkins floating through the air, in tandem, it is like so crazy. I so the pumpkins are have 3D
1: animated, out. not claymation.
3: Oh, sorry, they're claymation. Okay, 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 just, like, okay. Sorry, this is old school 3D. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: claymation
3: pumpkins. Yes. So, like, they literally had them on strings, mm-hmm. and then you know, claymation picture, 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 yes, floating yes. through the air. And then animated the ghosts around that. Okay. Which is just wild to me. Like, so cool that they took the time to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's
1: really cool. You know, they
3: made Zero a ghost. Um, mm-hmm.
1: And still, like, exclamation. Yeah, I was... His it, I, his stuff was really cool looking he's, like, see-through yeah, still. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, they had a really good effect on him.
1: And the glowing so, light. and Yeah, yeah. Zero's so that's, amazing. That's the I read somewhere... Pumpkins.
0: I haven't looked it up for sure, but I remember reading something that Zero's nose is a glowing little jack o' lantern.
1: Yes. Yes. It's yeah. Very cute. <laughs> that's, Adorable. Zero's that's just my favorite. Very
0: cool of them. Yeah, and like I, you get very much like Max from uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas vibe. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah.
3: The dog sidekick.
1: Yeah. Mm. Um. I thought you were going to say Max from Little Mermaid, and I was like, yeah, I I guess, yeah. Guy and his (sighs) dog. (laughs) Uh, um, But I love, like, we're introduced to this world with a song, and the song introduces the world so well. Um, And then we meet Jack's character, and Jack gets his own want Disney princess song. Yes. um, Which is pretty great. The note
0: that I have... Oh, well, leading up to that, like, he passes by, you know, the band on the street. Yeah. And he says... Uh, you know nice work bone daddy that's when my (laughs) brother like sat up and looked at me he's like i don't think i like that (laughs) you know what's funny
3: is that that's my favorite line in the whole movie (laughs) and my siblings and i quote that to each other all the time (laughs) just nice work bone daddy because it's ridiculous and they make t-shirts with that on it at disneyland and i almost bought one this year Uh, yeah, there's I'm, a lot
1: of merch that says Bone Daddy on it. Yeah,
3: and, but it's all bad. It's all ugly. <laughs> so I'm waiting. Maybe in the future I'll be able to find a Bone Daddy t-shirt that is not the worst design I've ever seen um, <laughs> because I really would like to own some Bone Daddy merch. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, and so the
0: other fun thing about this I Want song is that um, I think I think like, that what... What I wrote down is like, oh, wow, there's an emptiness to being edgy. <laughs> 365. You can't be edgy all the time, you guys. And so I guess that might kind of be a call out a little bit of the culture that comes up around Nightmare sometimes. I felt like it was more about artistic
1: burnout. Uh-huh. Like, less about like edgy call out and more like when you pour yourself into a craft... You can burn out, and you need to like take breaks and try new things. And I felt called out as an artist.
0: (laughs) Okay, that that, I yeah no I'm yeah
1: I'm not a true artist. Why would you say that? (laughs) Just because you don't crash and burn (laughs) when you do art. No, because like I don't because I don't
0: make art, and I don't you write. Because Brooke has boundaries.
1: (laughs) I don't have boundaries.
0: (laughs) Yeah, neither do I.
3: Um, I saw it as kind of a call out of celebrity mm, culture. That too, yeah. How we like Jack being like hero mm-hmm. worshiped by everyone in Halloween Town. And I mean, you know, he says like, it's the same thing year after year. I'm so bored mm-hmm. of this. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
3: And I think he kind of feels like his true self is lost in the identity of the pumpkin yeah. versus
1: yeah.
3: him as a person. As a skeleton man,
1: yeah, I think that's definitely like his character arc is I am unhappy being the pumpkin king to realizing like no I'm I am the pumpkin king like that's who I am Um, and just sort of like I think I think celebrity culture is actually a very good interpretation of it now that like the idea of I am who I present to the world and then the idea of like oh is who i am presenting a lie and i'm actually more than that and then realizing like actually it's all kind of part of me and i can be both and that's a very gemini mood
3: <laughs> the duality of skeleton man realizing that he can be all of those things and still have a unique identity yeah but mm-hmm. he he forgoes that in pursuit of this version of himself that doesn't really exist.
1: Well, we all we all hit that point where we're like, I'm really bored of my life. All I need is a new aesthetic.
3: Yeah, I needed to <laughs> cut my hair. Um, I need to go, like, throw out all my, like, when I was in high school, my mom bought me Night Before Christmas stuff every year for, for Christmas. Aww. So it was like, you know, Christmas pajamas. It was like, and I don't have any anymore because I'm going to be real, the clothing in the 2000s that was Uh nightmare Uh themed Uh bad Uh all bad um hot topic you did a bad job (laughs) Um, and i'm really sad about it because it could have been really cool and i just looked like a dweeb but (laughs) throwing out all my like preppy clothes or whatever they weren't that preppy i was just like you know, a normal kid, Mm -hmm. and then trying to rebrand by buying, like, t-shirts with skulls on it and Mm -hmm. colored skinny jeans Mm -hmm. when I was a freshman in high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think we all identify with his little journey at some level.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I dyed my hair purple in college, and I actually did, like, five things with my hair in college. I don't want to get into it. I did a lot. Even still, like, I have days where I'm like, oh, I need to throw out all of my, like, I don't want to call them clubbing clothes, because I don't go clubbing, but, like, they're not appropriate for work clothes, and I'm like, no, I need to be an adult and get rid of all of these things, and then I'm like, no, but then, like, I need to wear crop tops to Disneyland sometimes.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. Yeah. The duality of man. Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, man. And then we get Sally's struggle, which is that she is trapped in her situation, um, and not allowed to yeah. leave.
0: The thing with Dr. Finkelstein is my brother was watching him, like, sew Sally back up, and he was like, if he can animate flesh, shouldn't be he be able to fix his legs? She's not and I was flesh? like, Yeah, was, that's what I said, it's like, she's a ragdoll brought to life. And he said, yeah, wouldn't that be even harder to do?
3: <laughs> I mean, I think, um, we need to get Tim Burton's number... <laughs> and just hit him up and be like hey cuz i don't know i mean maybe henry Selleck, too we'll get like a group call going like hey okay i have a really specific question <laughs> about dr
1: finkelsteins um Disability. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't he fix himself?
3: <laughs> Maybe it was for the aesthetic. Honestly, yeah. he he yeah. really has that going on, and the the wheelchair is very like yeah, kind of that old school spooky. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I yeah. mean,
1: everyone yeah. in Halloween Town is committed to their aesthetic, hardcore.
3: Yeah. Even yeah. if that means like not missing limbs. Yeah. And not <laughs> being in a wheelchair. And no, they're dedicated to it. Which, hey props to that yeah
1: i love though like sally creeping on jack and being like i understand you that like ignited some like flashback memories of high school chase (laughs) like we all went through that of i'm the only one who understands this misunderstood boy
3: Oh yes. my gosh! Yeah, oh the gosh. straightest thing about us—it's really upsetting. <laughs> in Sally's case, Jack Skellington is really cool, but I think she does have this similar like. I understand what an identity crisis is like mm-hmm. because she lives in this like trapped bubble world that she really isn't a fan of.
1: Yeah, like um, in her case, she's it's... created as a rag doll to serve someone else, and she's serve, like, "Nah." Yeah. yeah,
3: she's literally like a servant. Yeah, um, to someone who doesn't treat her very well because he treats her as, like, his slave, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's like, I feel you. And I don't think she necessarily knows how to solve that problem yeah. for him, but yeah. she still feels for him because she's trapped in her situation. She doesn't know how to get out, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So yeah. this, like, weird... Not weird in a bad way, but, like, this very, like, unique friendship pining or, like, kinship pining. Yeah. I think that's probably why, like, there's such a good, like, Disney couple because mm-hmm. it isn't this more... Not to rag on, like, princess movies because I don't want to do that, um, but a more, like, classic Disney trope of, like, beautiful princess, gorgeous, beautiful prince getting together because of however the many different ways she fell asleep and needs true love's kiss to wake her up and you know whatever um but jack and sally like i said earlier more of like an equal like they're both kind of um feel outcasts in their own way jack internally and sally like externally and truly i don't know they're just they're they're otp always yeah they're a great
1: couple
0: and then we get the What's This sequence, which is so I cool. love that song so much. But Yes. Yeah. So and I fun. love the Fallout Boy version too. It's pretty good.
3: It's very good. That's a great album. Everyone, to the however many people are gonna be listening to this, go mm-hmm. look up The Nightmare Before Christmas, Reworked. I don't remember what it's called. It's on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And it's the soundtrack, but done by like Modern rock musicians mm-hmm. So you've got like and
0: Patrick's, Oh yeah. And pa- Patrick Stewart does the intro he And does he does the an outro, and the outro yeah,
3: As the narrator Which is just delightful um, mm-hmm. But yeah you've got Fall Out Boy Marilyn Manson And then a bunch Fiona of Fiona Apple I think Yeah Fiona Apple I think she does Sally's song mm-hmm. um, You've got all these bands that I forgot existed From the 2000s Until I listened to this I was like oh Memories <laughs> Anyway, though, um, yes, the what's this sequence following, like, so you've got Jack's Lament where he's crooning sadly in the grave, or in the pumpkin patch, I guess. Well, he's in the graveyard. He's familiar, in the graveyard. But he's taking a walk through yeah. Halloween, mm-hmm. the outskirts of Halloween town, out alone, um, with Zero.
1: Yeah. Um, and Sally, how... creeping. Yeah,
3: and Sally, Creepy, good for her, honestly. Um... <laughs> I feel solidarity with that. Uh, I think... I don't know. We see, like, right off the bat, this mournful side of him. Like, he's so extra and, like, Mm -hmm. ridiculous. But, yeah, there's this, like, secret sad boy side of him that I love and probably caused problems for me. Because (laughs) then I was like, I'm the Sally. Mm -hmm. I guess we already kind of talked about that. I'm the Sally. I'm gonna fix this guy.
1: Yeah, no. Um,
3: But then going into the what's this sequence, which I know everyone talks about this, but I would like to see more Nightmare Before Christmas spinoffs of all the other holidays. Yes, like
0: yeah, I want to see what's fought really hard against sequels.
3: I mean that's and that's totally fair because honestly I don't think anyone could do that justice like it wouldn't right. be that good. Right. But I would like to maybe at the very most I would like to see concept art.
1: Yeah. Of what
3: Tim Burton's St. Patrick's Day
1: looks like. See, because I will uh, want to watch a film where Tim Burton talks about Easter or Valentine's Day. Really, that doesn't interest me. But I no. want. Like, maybe we just need to like, get, like, a bunch of different artists who have a really key style for each holiday, and then they can come together. And That would be nice. Yes. like, crossovers. Yeah, I'll call
3: Disney Plus. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> we can get someone on that. Um, but yeah, coming into the what's this sequence. hmm Um, falling into a tree, as you do,
2: <laughs> when yeah. you're
3: wandering through the woods yeah. at night. Um... And then yeah, we see this brand new land of bright colors. Literally every contrast to yeah. Halloween Town. Everyone looks normal, uh, rosy-cheeked little elves and stuff like that. Um, it's,
1: it's just everything Halloween Town isn't. It made me happy because I'm a big Christmas nerd. And so, I like know. the whole time that we're in Christmas Town, I'm just like, I love all of this, mm-hmm. and it reminded me of how essential snow is to Christmas. To go back on that <laughs> tangent,
3: <laughs> California living, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, and I just like made me really happy. And Jack's whole like trying to understand the Christmas spirit. And then coming to the conclusion of like, oh, even if I can't explain it, I can still believe in it. I was like, yes, you get it. You actually do kind of understand Christmas.
3: And then in the end, I think, I mean, that's another point where he feels really alone.
1: Yeah. Because oh, he yeah. tries
3: to explain it. Um, I don't know. Do we have other thoughts on what's this before we jump into
0: the town hall meeting? I don't. Let's move. Um. Besides, it's, like, beautiful and fun. Oh, but before the town meeting, when Sally's trying to, you know, do another, like, sleeping draft to so she can sneak out. Oh, yeah. Um, One thing that, like, this has been a gag that I've always loved, but it took my brother by surprise. Like, oh, frog's breath. He's like, It's literally a frog and a king Yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's so many good visual gags throughout this film. Like mm-hmm. they just do such a good job with the people in Halloween town doing dumb little things that are like like the ooze monster is always like sticky every time Jack touches yeah. him, or constantly, like constantly like liquid moving on his body. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then like when the ha- the guy with the hatchet in his head sits down and like the whole pew like jumps because he's heavy. Like there's just so many good little things to look for. Um, yeah. This movie does a very and good it- job with them.
0: Mm-hmm. And like I, the fluidity of the stop motion is so good. Yeah like especially like i noticed it most like coming into the, like when the hangman's tree was coming into was coming in and how the skeletons all swayed mm-hmm. just right yeah um on that note real quick um
3: something that i learned in watching every bit of behind the scenes footage possible mm-hmm. um it took about a week to shoot 1 minute of the movie
1: that um, sounds right.
3: <laughs> yeah, and so the film took, like, three years, I think, to make. Um, but the fact that, like, the artists doing the actual clay movements with the puppets, um, taking apart sets so that, like, the you could have the uh, animator, I guess, pop up in between picture takes and just, like, move Jack's finger a tiny bit mm-hmm. and then pop back down or whatever. Um the fact that they put that much care into the detail of like making the bench jump when Hatchet yeah. and guy sits down. Um yeah. making the uh, when the mayor in town hall meeting has the light and he, like, falls off and the light, like, shines all over the room for a second. Like, mm-hmm. those things aren't necessary from, like, the story perspective, but it right. fleshes out these characters in this little world. And that took, like, a week to do. I don't yeah. know. It's just, like, crazy to
0: me. They took the extra yeah. time and the care to put like- into these little moments. One of the IMDb trivia things said that they began filming in July 1991. Wow. So they started when I was born. Yeah. And then it was released when my brother was, like, a few months old.
3: That's crazy.
0: Yeah. Man.
1: I love
3: it. Yeah, the craft in this movie is insane. And mm. as a note for Claymation... Um, you see, so I watched Nightmare and Corpse Ride back to back a couple, like a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing the like update in the like animation that uh-huh. they can do with like newer technology, but it's all the same. Yeah. And like the, oh, the craft being true artist Ellie coming out, like just so beautiful. I don't animate, I am not good at drawing or anything like that. <laughs> Um, but there's something, like, so alluring to me about the beauty and passion of claymation. Yeah, Um, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And so the fact that they just were like, yeah, claymation is the way that we're going to do this. And then they did it. Yeah. Yeah, three years. Just, and yeah, how long? The movie's less than an hour and a half. Yeah. Less than 90 minutes, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You love to see it. It's making folks. me. It's making me want to like just do a Leica binge. Like, watch well, and watch uh. box strolls. You got Oh my god!
3: Yeah, let's pull out every yeah. Um, but anyway, so after what's this? Mm-hmm. Jack somehow magically gets back to Halloween Town with all his Christmas gear. That I'm. I don't. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would like to know how transportation works in this Halloween universe.
1: Well, in Kingdom yeah. Hearts, you just have to go to the shiny light at the end of Christmas Town, and then you can go back to the forest with the holidays. So. Okay,
3: so maybe there's just <laughs> another little portal. So Jack Skellington falls into another tree and comes back on a snowmobile, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with all of his mm-hmm. Christmas gear, he's got presents, he's got a tree... Whatever, um, the town mourning his loss, Mark is gone. <laughs> is really funny. No one knows yeah. where he is. Uh, everyone's like, Jack died, and then he comes back, and they're like, Oh, like uh, Halloween Town's lost without Jack Skellington.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but then, yes, the passion of Jack explaining Christmas. It's
0: just so fun. Thoughts, yeah, it's
3: very fun. But
0: then, at the last minute. He's like, oh, they're not getting this. So it turns into a, a parable about cultural appropriation. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> That's
3: great. Uh, yeah, Jack realizes that trying to communicate this thing that only he saw and only he feels like he understands, which I don't really know if he understands <laughs> at all. But at the end, my favorite line, it's very sexy when he says, well, I might as well give them what they want. (laughs) And he makes Santa Claus this, like, scary, kind of spooky, big shot guy.
1: It seems like that's Uh, how he understands Santa Claus to be, too.
3: That is true. Yeah, when he, well, Mm -hmm. we'll get to that. But yeah, he, he just kind of, like... Um, communicates Christmas in a way that he thinks they'll understand and that fundamentally, mm-hmm. like, bastardizes the meaning of Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> hmm Christmas through the eyes of Halloween Town. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really fun. Yeah, cultural appropriation at its finest. Good one, Jack.
1: Well, and it's like, it would be fine if he was just enjoying Christmas, but then, like, when he does his whole Christmas scientific experiments and he's like, oh, you know what? I don't have to understand it. I can just believe it. And then jumps immediately to. I'm going to do this thing. Like, that is white man Santa. arrogance. Yep. Yeah. It's like, I'm oh, oh I'm not sure Santa. I get this.
0: Wait, I think I get this now, so, so it's mine now.
1: And the fact that yeah. he thinks that he can do Christmas in like 40 days blows my mind, considering I know that I, I start thing, planning like, Christmas in begin- August. <laughs> yeah,
0: the beginning making Christmas, my brother was like, so this is, like, mid to late November yeah. at this point, right? Like, yeah. How are they going to pull this off?
3: Yeah. He is, like, every dad that forgot <laughs> that Christmas was coming, and so he's, like, putting up lights in the snow, sliding on the ice on the roof and, like, breaking his <laughs> leg or whatever.
0: Like On
3: that, December 22nd. On December 22nd. That is the ultimate white man. Like, yeah, the pride there that's like, oh, well, I'll just do this, I guess. Like, <laughs>
0: no... You need some more time. Yeah. And then, as Jack is figuring this out and trying to get it going, Sally has her vision of
1: like the Christmas tree you know, burning. Oh,
0: Christ- the Christmas tree burning. So she knows yeah. that something's going to be. Which up. like? So not a, So she's like a haunted ragdoll, I guess she has or or visions. She's
1: got, she's, I guess she's got. But yeah, okay. Got, like, um, everything. I want to get like see deep real quick so oh. the vision that Sally has is of the christmas tree burning into like just the remnants of it which definitely like foreshadows jack crashing and burning like literally getting literally. shot out of the sky and burned and then like metaphorically he's crashing and burning because he has failed but it yeah. also i went like oh this is also the thing thing that happens when we met jack where he burns the straw and then re-emerges as himself and so like, Very, like yes out
3: of the ashes right so yes it's like yes. a
1: nightmare vision of christmas is gonna go up in flames and this is a bad thing but it's also like foreshadowing jack's resurrection as, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. back into himself. Which I was like, oh, that's so cool! And maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I feel really deep right now. <laughs> I don't
3: think you are reading too much into it. Because, like, we know the level of animation detail that went into this film. There's obviously a level of story hmm Oh, for sure. And so I think that this image of Jack on Fire that we see multiple times in the film, <laughs> at the very beginning... And at the very end, I hadn't thought about that until oh right God. now. But yeah, that's very accurate. I love the way they animate
1: fire. In the I game was game. gonna talk about that too. That was my next okay, point. Okay, good. Please bring yes. it up. Yes, so cool well, looking. Also, because I didn't make the connection until now, but I always felt like fire was animated weirdly in Kingdom Hearts when you were in Halloween Town. Like, the fire look- because you can exactly. you cast fire throughout the game, yeah, but it yeah. looked different in Halloween Town, and I thought it was just like, oh, because it's like a darker, different aesthetic, and then watching the movie yeah. today, I was like, no, this is how fire looks in the movie.
3: Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, that's crazy. I've played it, I don't think I ever beat it, although it got pretty close. Mm. But it's been years, so I'm really excited. I made it to Halloween Town the mm-hmm. week that I was there. Because that's all I wanted. Yeah. I was like,
1: please, mm-hmm. let well, me get there. And so, like, yeah. then the music in Halloween Town is probably some of the best music in the game, because it's just Danny Elfman, re-scored Dang. for combat, which is great. <laughs> um, but then in the second Kingdom Hearts, you actually get to go to Christmas Christmastown. Um,
3: that rocks. Okay, yeah. see, I haven't played the sequels, so that's my dream. Yeah. I'll keep that in mind. He also sent me Kingdom Hearts 2, so I'm on my way.
1: So the fire in this movie is beautifully animated. Yeah, (laughs) it's really good. (laughs) And really unique, and it's really cool.
3: Yeah, I think it's one of those things where they kind of realize, like, there's only so much you can do in clay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Although I have seen clay animated fire, which is fun. But yeah, that uh, combination of claymation and two D animation that they bring out several times, so with the ghosts and with the fire, Mm -hmm. it's just it's very fun. Yeah, Um, I will say there are a few things in the movie that you're like, oh yeah, this is from the '90s. They look a little (laughs) dated now, but generally, Mm -hmm. like claymation is forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, and so it still looks. I mean, I think it's. Beautiful, (laughs) I think it's like so awesome. Mm -hmm. I don't know if other people would consider the nightmare aesthetic beautiful, but um,
1: oh, I think a lot of people do. Like that's why it's so popular, and these character designs are so um, well respected and duplicated constantly. Yeah, are we? Is it like goth aesthetic? (laughs) It's a little scene aesthetic.
3: Oh, 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 oh boy, that.
0: That triggered some like <laughs> deep cut memories. Yeah, see that must have been rough because for us that was like junior and senior year. So for you that would have been like middle school yeah. and freshman year. Yeah,
3: it was middle school and my so freshman sorry. year. Yeah, freshman <clears throat> year and high school was when scene kind of I guess it wasn't freshman year, but maybe like sophomore and junior year for me was when it started kind of fading out. Yeah. And now it's kind of come back.
1: I saw a, 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 a post that we should bring scene aesthetic back next year and call it the roaring twenties. Mm,
3: I'm okay. gonna find that tweet and report it <laughs> 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 for like harassment. Like I can't, I cannot. Um, yeah, that's true. So I wonder. We don't have to go into super thinking about this because I don't actually know, but I wonder how much of scene aesthetic was inspired by like Tim Burton. Oh yeah the 90s tim burton was having a time Mm -hmm. like so he got so big 90s and then into the 2000s um don't know what he's up to now well something was big eyes his last film um Mm -hmm. he did miss peregrine's home yeah he did do that i think yeah Yeah. Uh, but that was 2016 Okay. Oh, he did Dumbo.
1: That's right. How did we forget that he did Dumbo? Because we didn't
0: go see Dumbo. (laughs) Because we didn't want
1: to go see Dumbo. We did not not, Dumbo. We didn't want to go.
0: Well, you got mad at me for going out of town the weekend it opened. I did. Considered
1: seeing. Well, yeah, but I know you and I just aren't aren't um big on circus. Oh yeah.
3: Yeah. Um. I guess speaking of Tim Burton, Dark Shadows, I saw it in theaters and it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Like, I almost walked out. I've never walked out of a movie in my life, but I almost walked out of that movie. I want to rewatch it now and see if I appreciate it more as an adult or if it really was just bad. But this was also about the time when I was like, maybe Johnny Depp sucks.
2: Uh.
3: <laughs> um, and so that that kind of solidified that for me. Um mm-hmm. Anyway, big shout-outs to Tim Burton. I will be watching Beetlejuice this week. Maybe today. Maybe that's what I'll do after this. I'll just watch Beetlejuice. Um, yeah, he... I wonder if it was just, like, his whole aesthetic, like, late 80s through the 90s that inspired... I mean, you've got, like, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. No, I think that... In 1990.
1: That was a definite... Like, Tim Burton is an essential influence on mm-hmm. our generation and our culture. Um... Mm-hmm. For our age group, like... Yeah. Yeah, it's very hard to understand our culture and artistic creation without Tim Burton. It really is.
3: Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, getting me emo in the chat right now, man. (laughs) Love it. Um, so...
1: Hold on, I need you guys to imagine a world in which DVR existed and Tim Burton did not. I want to, like, just try to picture this.
0: I... (sighs) What would
1: even be there? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> furries? <laughs> nothing
0: would be. Yeah, it would all first, be furries.
3: But then, like, nothing would even really be there until My Little Pony Friendship is Magic yeah. came out. Yeah, DeviantArt would be empty. Like no one would have an no, account.
0: There'd be there'd be some anime. There'd be some anime.
3: That is true. There and also Harry Potter fandom. Oh, that's true. Was pretty big on DeviantArt, but it, yeah, imagine DeviantArt without Tim Burton. Oh, Super Hulock.
1: Oh God. Was Super Hulock big on DeviantArt? I was out of DeviantArt by those days.
3: Yes, it was because I was there, and I have my—I still have my DeviantArt account, and I had fan art and also folders full of other people's fan art.
1: Is DeviantArt just, just like alternate Tumblr?
3: A little bit. I mean, people some people use it as their like art portfolio, which is
1: very brave of them. Uh yeah, very considering Deviant Art has I think a lot of people left when it became obvious that Deviant Art had that commons creatives license so that they have mm-hmm. all rights to your artwork that you to put your, on their whatever. website. Mm-hmm. A lot yes. of professionals left the when that happened. Which was Which a bummer, well, yeah, but it was also a bummer, because I loved, because I remember in the early days of art, I, like, stalked storyboard artists and artists who did yes. the developmental work, and, like, so I remember all of the concept art for Frozen and the character designs from Rise of the Guardians being posted, like, long before the movies were oh. even, like, had oh, trailers. Rise of the
3: Guardians art, yes, I do remember that now. Oh my gosh, wow, that's...
1: And I, I miss deep, that deep memories.
3: <laughs> yeah, those were. I honestly, I as scary as art is and was because it definitely was scary before too. Um, man, I had a good time. Oh yeah you know what, while we're talking about this I don't remember where we were, I think we were at Town Hall meeting, I'm gonna look up on Archive of Our Own and see what their Nightmare Before Christmas situation is
0: oh, it's probably pretty yeah, good I, I think we're, we were kind of on This Is Halloween I mean, making Christmas,
1: yeah, making Christmas. that's right, yeah, um, 40
0: days <laughs>
1: speaking of Rise of the Guardians um, so did Lockshock and Beryl kidnap Hugh Jackman?
3: I just got full body chills <laughs> and I did not enjoy it at all <laughs> I've got, like, tears in my eyes. I... This is, like, for fandom Ellie, like, 2012. (laughs) This is too much. Too much. Rise of the Guardians, Nightmare Before Christmas crossover. Oh, I want to die. Okay. Well, that's something to think about. (laughs) Um, so just... Just on the fanfiction bit here. Um... On Archive of Our Own, excluding non-Disney fandoms, um, although now I have to go exclude more fandoms because (laughs) they just keep popping up, Um, we have crossovers that you would never expect, which is a little upsetting to me, Um, but of... If I've done this correctly, excluding other fandoms, um, but including Nightmare Before Christmas and general Disney media. And I did include Kingdom Hearts because mm-hmm. we love
1: to see yeah. it. Yeah.
3: Um, mm-hmm. It still has the characters in it. Yeah. 230 works. That's it? In The Nightmare Before Christmas 1993 on Archive of Our Own. I will say, though, Nightmare's old. Yeah. It's, like, older than me. Yeah. Um, but it's a
1: classic, and it's something that a lot of people is. write for.
3: But AO3 is, like, fairly new as far as fanfiction goes, so I'm also gonna check fanfiction.net, and if I dare, Wattpad.
1: (laughs) I will say, with AO3, it's very easy to export from fanfiction.net to AO3, Mm -hmm.
0: but... Oh, that's very nice. Yeah, you see a lot of that in West Wing fanfiction, so you'll see things that, like, it'll have the original published date in the Yeah,
1: because AO3 is meant to be an archive. They're meant to just host creative fan works but um while ellie's looking that up um we should probably move on a little bit uh, <laughs> to um
0: n- um next n- we get we get lock shock and mm-hmm.
1: barrel
0: and if i recall correctly the voice of uh Locke is Pee Wee herman aren't they
1: all the same voice the actor right. behind
0: i thought they were all the same no,
1: voice oh they're not all the no. same voice. Just kidding.
3: Um, there is a version. I will say though, there is a version of the soundtrack that is Danny Elfman's own recordings before the mm. actual movie. So he wrote and sang all of the songs mm-hmm. for the whole movie himself. Mm-hmm. Which me being a Danny Elfman stan, <laughs> very here for. Um, so there is a version of the song that's just Danny Elfman, which. He still does a pretty good job making the voices sound different, but you can tell that it's him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Pee Wee Herman is Locke. Okay. Uh, Catherine O'Hara comes back as Shock. Mm-hmm. And I believe Danny Elfman is Beryl.
1: Okay. Am I, wrong?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I might I be wrong. I think so. I think you're good. Okay. because well, and then voice when, is I so hi- when I was in when I was in high when I was into this in high school, I wanted so badly for my brothers to do that as a
3: group. That's what I'm saying. I will have a baby right now, <laughs> just so Ammon and I can be Lock, Shock, and Barrel, and the baby That'd will be, be real barrel. cute. Why
1: don't yeah, you have triplets? Cute. And you guys can be Jack and Sally, and your babies can be Lock, Shock, oh, and Barrel. That's the
3: dream. If I can figure out how to do good. Jack. Sally, makeup wise, pretty straightforward. Yeah. If I can make mm-hmm. Jack look good and not,
1: like, terrifying. um, If I can find a way to make it sexy. So... And it's
0: got the bone structure for it. She
1: absolutely does. I'm he's, going to send dead. you... So we had um Kat on our Little Mermaid episode, and she does, like, all Disney princesses. She also did mm-hmm. Sally, and she had her friend Alvin do Jack with her, and... I really liked the look he did in his makeup, and I'm going to send it to you. Okay, Um, good. Please,
3: everyone listening in the future when this is posted, please send me good Nightmare Before Christmas. I did consider it for Halloween this year, but we're broke, so I can't buy any costumes. Mm -hmm. Tragic. But in the future, yeah, I am very here for it, because it's just best couple of all time. Um... Real quick, I did look on fanfiction.net, and we have
1: 364. Okay. Which
3: that that does seem low to it me. It seems really low. Yeah. I guess I need to kick it into gear. <laughs> yeah. And start just pumping out Nightmare Before Christmas fanfiction. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I checked it again. I clicked the wrong thing. 1400. That that's, sounds better. That's oh, more d- like Yeah, it.
1: that sounds... Still
0: surprisingly
3: oh
1: low. Yes.
0: That's,
3: Still surprisingly that's, though, but that is much better. Yeah. Um, this is all from that's from fanfic.net um, and that's like under the movie, like, tag of okay. for Christmas, so it's official. Wattpad, mm-hmm. 1500. Oh, Christmas. okay. Okay, so we're, we're getting there. And this yeah. could be, like, cross-posted, you know, people have multiple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Accounts, but so I that's, feel better yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so we were at the Ugy, the Christmas. kids' song. Well, well, we've moved on from oh, making oh, Christmas. Sorry, the yeah, kids sing. Yeah, sorry, we talked about the gr- yeah. yeah Lock, we <laughs> Rock, Rock, and barrel.
3: Um, kidnapping Sandy Claus. Um, That's a real
0: like my my brother was like, wait, why is all of this in a kids' movie?
3: <laughs>
1: it's pretty violent.
0: <laughs> what is this song specifically?
3: It's very violent. It's very scary. Um, yeah. So these three kids that. I have heard, and I don't know if this is just, like, I think this is just fan theory, but I'm always down for some fan mm-hmm. theory, um, that Lock, Shock, and Beryl are dead trick-or-treaters, which most everyone on Halloween Town's like, dead or yeah, on some level. Yeah. Um, but they dress the way that they do, and their, like, face character design, like, their skin... Um, kind of like alludes to how they died
1: mm. which I think is
3: interesting I can't remember exactly one of them gets drowned I was
1: gonna say I imagine they probably all drowned in the bathtub but yeah cause
3: that's what they look like
1: and that's what they like travel in so
3: yeah they do yeah that little that little walk in bathtub which is like
1: my other favorite part of Kingdom Hearts you have to like get in the bathtub to like go to Oogie's house so dumb and cute it is anyway.
3: cute. <laughs> I love it. Um. Yeah. So that's kind of fun. I mean, there's there's a lot of theories or like just not even theory, but like you can. It's implied like how a lot of the people die. Yeah. In, in the movie, but um, I think it was. Oh yeah. Here we go. Okay. There was this blog post. It was a Tumblr. Man, this mm. brings me back.
1: Um, <laughs>
3: that's uh. Okay. Wait. Locke is the. Which? Mm. Locke is the devil. The devil. Locke is the devil. Okay, Locke, shock, shock. And Yeah, okay. So Locke was frozen to death. He has, like, pale white skin and blue lips. Blue lips. Mm. Um, shock died by suicide. I don't remember exactly why. A dumb reason, so maybe not. And then uh, <laughs> Barrel was drowned. <laughs> there you go. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of fun.
1: Yeah. Um, you
3: love to see dead, dead, you know, trick or treaters. Yeah, in a spooky Halloween movie. Well, I, yeah, their sequence is really fun, though.
1: I love them because they're like we've talked about this with a few characters before, but I think they also fall into that true neutral category where all they're into is just like cozying up to the most powerful person in town. Like yeah. they're like, yeah, Jack, yeah, Oogie. And then they like they get the mayor out of nowhere at the end. They're just like, yeah, I know, we just whoever's the biggest person in town, that's who we like respect and hang out with. That's it.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cuz they are they're like little Jack stands.
1: Yeah. Um,
3: when he sends them out to find Santa Claus.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Um and then they have like an Oogie Boogie shrine in their little treehouse uh-huh uh that tube that they throw the bug down into that leads to oogie boogie's little den mm-hmm. they have like candles
0: and like mm-hmm. i don't know it's just
3: like so funny they're like little oogie worshippers mm-hmm. um very cultish of them which yeah is fun.
1: yeah yeah
0: and then they're just like immediately it's like oh yeah no we're just gonna bring him this dude that we're gonna take from somebody else because we need to sacrifice something powerful to him for favor, I guess. Yeah,
3: they're always trying to impress Oogie Boogie. Well, I mean,
1: he's the boogeyman who literally, like, lives underneath their house. So, yeah. like, very much the, like, monster under your bed.
3: Monster under the bed, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, cool. So, yeah, they kidnap Santa Claus. Eventually, they figure it out and Eventually, get it right. Yeah, they kidnap yeah. the Easter Bunny first, which is just a fun gag. As bunny. Bunny. <laughs> um and they bring I think my favorite thing in that scene when they like do the Santa reveal um when he's in Halloween Town is the first person perspective of Santa waking up yeah. in the bag and everything's blurry and then it comes into focus and he's surrounded by like the most horrifying
1: <laughs> cast of characters that yes.
3: exist. <gasps>
1: It's such a good creative shot. Mm-hmm.
0: It is well, really and, and smart. I love that Jack, like, oh, you don't have claws at all? <laughs> yeah, like his tiny hands. He's like, oh!
3: like Santa's just a normal guy. Mm-hmm. Um, which is shocking, and everyone thinks he's gross, which is very fun. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and something I learned is that originally they wanted to cast Vincent Price as Santa. I... But... But his wife had just passed, and, mm. and his wife—I mean his own health was declining. So it
3: was like, sorry, man. I'm flipping a table over he, that. Yeah. And rest so in peace, Vincent Price, who like, we love.
0: Yeah, like queer horror icon. We love
3: him. Yeah, he. Oh, uh, he would have been a good Santa. Freaking. Okay, so Santa gets kidnapped, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and then our boys, Lock, Shock, and Barrel, our little children. Mm-hmm. Um. Jack says, like, keep him comfortable. comfortable." Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, nothing's more comfortable than Oogie Boogie. And they think they're hilarious. (laughs) Uh, And they obviously know that's not true. Right. He's like the worst, but they take him anyway. Um, And I love seeing this like juxtaposition of the big guy in charge, Santa Claus, versus like Oogie Boogie. And yeah, okay. So let's let's talk about that—the oogie boogie sequence.
0: Ugh, the black light, the raunchy Dixieland Land gambling riverboat mm-hmm. vibe. Yeah, it's so good. I think it's such an incredible. It, it, it's one of the best villain songs.
3: That you're not wrong. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I would say like. I didn't say it because I don't want to be that girl that's like everything in my favorite Disney movie is Nightmare Before Christmas, even though it's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But I think Ken Page's Oogie Boogie is like truly one of the best Disney villains and Disney villain songs because that also, my thing about good Disney villains is that there's a real threat mm-hmm. and like you feel yeah. in danger. And Santa like almost died. Okay. Santa
1: Claus! They tried Real. to kill Santa! So, I really want to like like Oogie Boogie and all of that, but there's two reasons that I'm really struggling. And like in the moment, I was super scared, and I was like, wow, Oogie's a really good villain. But, mm-hmm. in the context of the ending, Oogie is really hard to, for me to like for two reasons. One, Santa just straight up rockets out. Magical rockets out And then supersonic yeah. speed saves Christmas So Santa has mind. godlike powers That he's just not using
0: Okay that's what my brother said too He's like wait he could have escaped with
1: magic Yeah time. right And then my second issue is that the minute That Jack pops up Leaning on the thing all bone daddy like all oh, that sexy Oogie so gets scared Which okay. tells me that Oogie yeah. is not actually a threat To Jack at all apparently not
3: i mean in some way because you've got like the sequence where jack is like trying to which again not really a threat because when jack is dodging out of oogie's like traps and stuff it's so effortless yeah Um, yeah. But I do like that because it's, like, so unexpected. Oogie Boogie's yeah. like, oh,
1: like, why yeah. is he afraid of Jack? I don't... Well,
0: and maybe maybe because he's never been interrupted during one of these things before.
1: Maybe. Like, he's
0: so used to working on... Un- Undisturbed. Un-bothered. I just yeah. have
1: a yeah. hard time liking Oogie when he's not introduced until 40 minutes in. He almost feels like he's just, like, an afterthought to raise the stakes. And, I mean, it I guess have, he's in the opening song, I guess. Yeah, technically, but he
3: also isn't, like, Oogie Boogie. He's the shadow in the moon. And they don't really, yeah. like... I would have liked them to tease Oogie Boogie a little yeah. bit more. I mean, they kind of yeah. do in Kidnapping Santa Claus, but that's also, like, significantly into the movie. But I think probably he's not that much of a real threat to the citizens of Halloween
0: Town. yeah. He's just one yeah. of the guys, and well, um, and, well he is—he is like many men out there. He's just a collection of bugs wrapped up in <laughs>
3: classic, yeah. Everything I've ever wanted in a man and more.
2: <laughs> um,
3: yeah, oogie boogie—that is interesting, and I will say, like, I totally understand that. Um, I think for me, like, as a child, oogie boogie was terrifying. Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely.
1: Child. Being filled
3: with bugs Mm -hmm. sucks. Like, that's gross. Well,
1: Um, and you gotta... Like, the other way I'm introduced to Oogie Boogie is through Kingdom Hearts. So, to me, Oogie is just, like, that boss fight that mm -hmm. was actually a really fun boss fight. So, I enjoy it. But Mm -hmm. from a narrative perspective, I don't appreciate Oogie the way I appreciate a lot of other villains. Yeah,
3: no, he, he really isn't that much of a threat. In the film as a whole. Right. Um, but for some reason, <laughs> I don't really know. Yeah. He does have
1: a great just... aesthetic for a villain.
3: Yeah. It's really fun. The gambling thing, um the dice rolling thing that he has with snakes in it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just like fun, quirky. And the yeah. black light mm-hmm. scene. So- just so fun. Like, um, I think it actually is part of why I love Doctor Facilier so much. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, there is it's a little
3: a bit of a similar. I mean, yeah. Like, oh the yeah. Gambling and like you said, Brooke, like the musical
1: mm-hmm. style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The blacklight.
0: Uh, Oogie. Yes. Yeah, Oogie Boogie's song should be a jazz standard. I know. I say this
1: about. <laughs> <a jazz laughs> you do. Should be
0: a jazz. <laughs> standard. I say that, but also you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm not wrong.
1: <gasps> oh man. Um. So, going back to Jack doing Christmas, since we did sort of, like... Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. But, um, I love my favorite moment of Jack doing Christmas is when he first lands and knocks the angel off the roof and it hangs itself by the Christmas lights. (laughs) (laughs) It was, like, in the window as the kid wakes up. I was dying.
3: Yeah, that's terrifying it's really appropriate for like how scary jack makes yeah christmas yeah okay so they yeah but santa who cares <laughs> he gets kidnapped which is fun and awesome but yeah jack's actual christmas adventure i love the rudolph the red-nosed reindeer like the fog is too thick. Yeah, oh,
1: zero, zero, zero. <laughs> and they script yeah, that, that like right. so well, like no more Christmas. Yeah, like <laughs> a kid crying,
0: and <laughs> so funny. It's like yeah, well, and I love the mayor's reading his poem thing, and he's just like posing. Like- oh yeah, like posturing <gasps> on the stand.
3: Yeah, it's Freaking- incredible. Yeah, they do it so well. Jack's um, sleigh being a coffin.
1: Yes!
3: Really fun, and then, yeah, um, Dr. Finkelstein's Risen from the Dead Bone Reindeer. Oh, Mm -hmm. we didn't talk about, and I did want to mention, um, Jack's Obsession, that song? Oh, yeah! One of my favorite, like, musical... Uh parts is like jack in his room trying to figure out christmas like musically that whole like mm-hmm. scene, it's so um and that's another point when we see jack and sally interact in a way when she sneaks out and gives him like a basket of
1: yeah yeah that's uh, another very sweet scene
3: yeah, you just see this, like, and and when he looks down, he sees her because she, like, you know, taps on his window with her hands or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he looks out again to thank her and she's gone. So she really yeah. is kind of this, like, like nervous, shy, almost ghost figure coming mm-hmm. like, in and out and um, her trying to convince him when she's sewing his yeah. suit. Like this is a bad idea. I saw a vision and it was so terrible. And he's like, "That's wonderful." She's like, "No, like actually bad. Yeah, not in a fun Halloween Town way, but in like a you're gonna die kind of way." Yeah, which, that's a whole other thing. I don't know if Jack Skellington can like. Can I was wondering in the that. Die? Can
1: anybody in Halloween Town die? Can the elves die on the toy line? Like.
3: I'm gonna say yes because they're like flesh and bone people. And does Santa's that still mean real
1: that the elves have OSHA.
3: I'm going to say probably not, and Santa's the real villain of
1: this movie. <laughs> Oogie's the hero, and Santa's the, the real hero. villain out there murdering yeah. elves on the toy line every day.
3: He, yeah, he's like a Which, busy animal. yeah. yeah Breaking every labor law. Yeah, Which Santa's the real villain. brings
1: me to my note, actually, I forgot I had made this note, um, oh, but good, yeah. that they tried to do Christmas in 30 days, like, that whole Making Christmas song is literally just like, a total like Stalin esque work thing. Like. <laughs> oh my
3: gosh. Yeah, the work line that they have
1: done. Yeah, and you're like, just trying to like get really Christmas happy. done in 30 days? Wild.
3: Yeah. Does communism work? <laughs> the nightmare before Christmas chimes in. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, they're little, they all seem really stoked about it, and all their toys are, like, so, like, drawing bullet holes bleeding on the wooden (laughs) duck, and smashing a possum into a hat, like, okay, guys, um, okay, yeah, so when Jack actually leaves... Um, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on him actually dropping presents in the- I mean, a great bit is the kid pulling the shrunken head out of the box and showing- so, his, his face. His oh,
1: face, so his face is the so good. Yeah.
0: It the
3: kid? Um, but I would like to mention Jack getting shot out of the sky by anti-aircraft military mm-hmm, weapons. mm-hmm. That's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that was the moment that I was like, is Jack the real villain of
0: this movie? Like, he made a lot of bad choices. Yeah, well, and I mean, like... Jack's lament, the way that my brother put it, he's like, this is either an exact take it's an exact take of a, of one of those fake celebrity apologies until the very end when he's like, "I need I need to make this right." Right and then it becomes a fantasy celebrity apology. But in the wow.
1: same time, Jack like absolutely is the real villain. There's a reason we don't meet Oogie until forty minutes into the film, and it's because yeah. the conflict is that Jack doesn't know who he is, and so he is the villain of the story trying to figure out who he is. Like, sure, that's the a plot. The a plot isn't um, the evil queen is trying to murder Snow White because she's jealous. The A plot is I'm trying to figure out who I am.
3: At the expense of every other person in the world. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I also, and again, there's a lot of little plot hole things that I'm like, Tim Burton explains <laughs> how does he get to the real world? And there's a real all world graveyards. Of I don't
1: know. All graveyards are a portal to Halloween Town, I guess. I, uh,
3: I oh because he leaves through the graveyard uh-huh. to get back to Halloween Town. So I will I will say that that we'll go with that. He flew out through like a big mausoleum or something to get Which to the real world.
1: Makes me wonder if all chimneys lead to Christmas Town, but
3: <sighs> I would okay. like that. That sounds fun. Um, But, yeah, no, he gets shot out of the sky Mm -hmm. because the police station... I think something that made the movie, like, so comical for me in the best way is, like, that there's real humans on Earth (laughs) (laughs) and the Halloween town exists somehow in that realm Yeah, and Jack terrorizes everyone on Earth so significantly that, like the police station has, like, five, six phone lines going, <laughs> like, fielding calls, like, a skeleton in a Santa suit. Yeah, we already know. We're on it.
0: Like, yeah, this is incredible. And then he
3: gets shot down by the military, which, okay. Just, like, that's when the real stakes come in, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, this isn't just some dude that's like, I want to take Christmas. Right. Like, he's getting shot out of the sky <laughs> by guns. Like, yeah.
1: Absolutely. It's so fun. My absolute favorite part of the whole movie, like, it would not have been my favorite part if I had watched this as a kid, and this is one of the things where I'm like, oh, you know what, I enjoy this as an adult, and this is my favorite part, is Jack's response to failing, like, just makes me so happy. Like, he's like, oh, I did everything wrong, and this is terrible, and I'm a failure. And then, like, wait a minute. I know who I am. I know what I'm good at. And I learned from this. And now I'm going to go and do things better. Like, just instantly. And I was like, oh, goals. Those are my goals. his
3: own problems. Yeah. He doesn't need, like, Sally doesn't come in and fix it for Mm -mm. him. He realizes exactly where he went wrong. And that song, that's the song that I sing when I'm feeling, like, worthless. Because Mm. it's like, I'm going to pull it up right now. (laughs) It's one of those things that's like... Um,
0: it poor Jack. So, it starts so low and it ends so yeah, good. yeah.
3: And also, like, again,
0: mood-wise.
3: Danny Elfman's stand number one. The range—he can <laughs> sing like so well as like a tenor, but also dip down into a bass like no problem. I un- like, I understand now. Jack Skellington gave me a voice kink for that reason, and I've never found a man that can. Do that for me the way Jack Skellington did. Um, but yeah, poor Jack is so funny because it's just like, and weirdly uplifting. Cause mm-hmm. he's like, and I believe, again, I've been tweeting a lot about Nightmare Before Christmas because when you go through a breakdown and you watch a lot of Nightmare, you know, mm-hmm. that's the natural consequence. But I, I tweeted, I think one of the lines from the song is um, In a million years, they'll find me only dust and a plaque. Uh, reading Here Lies Poor Old Jack, which one is funny because it's like, okay, so you can die. Right. <laughs> Danny Elfin explain. Uh, and two, you like, he is really destroyed over the chaos that he wrought. Yeah. And not just for himself. Right. He's not like, ooh, like I ruined my own life. He's like, oh wow, I really messed up like the whole world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so Um, and then finding his own resolve in that and being like, wait, I am the pumpkin king. And I, I'm going to make Halloween better because I stole Christmas from these people who obviously know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. He writes his cultural appropriation Mm -hmm. Good for him and then goes back to Halloween town through a grave, which is fun. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then that like hero sequence at the end when, jack faces off with oogie boogie and saves santa and sally um i don't know it's just right mm-hmm. like, It just it, it wraps everything up so nicely and you really feel like jack turned things around yeah in a solid like brooke you said like mm-hmm. bad celebrity apology turned good celebrity apology <laughs> like i'm so sorry to the people that were offended by my actions he's like um, I ruined some people's lives, and I'm really sorry about it, so I'm going to make it right. And he does! Yeah. And then Santa goes and, like, you know, he saves Christmas, because that's mm-hmm. his realm, and he knows what's up. And Santa even and then, tells him, like, don't steal Christmas from me
1: again. Oh, well, and then, of course, Jack and Sally reuniting at the end.
0: It, yeah, that's and, then so the, and hot. I love the, c- the computer snow.
1: <laughs>
2: the snow's good. fun. It-
0: And everyone else in Halloween Town having
1: their "what's this" moment. Yeah, when Santa brings them Christmas again. Snow makes versus cultural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The snow makes it. The snow makes everyone understand. So (laughs)
3: yeah, they get it. And then Jack doesn't have to like do that work. He lets Christmas Town explain things to them instead of Jack trying to like translate it. Which is so lovely. And everyone's, like, happy and making snow angels. But, yeah, Jack approaching Sally in that pumpkin Mm. patch in the snow. Mm -hmm. That's real romance. You cannot get hotter than that. Um, And, yeah, starting off with the line, my dear old friend.
1: Yeah. The only thing... I guess I said this about Iggy, but, like, my second thing, I guess, that I'm like, ah, I don't know how I feel about it, is that, like, we never actually see what Jack does for Sally, or how Jack knows Sally, or, like...
3: I fully agree. The- I would like to see more of the
1: Yeah, because the only thing that we see is next. that he's confident in her ability to sew him a costume, and that's mm-hmm. really it, and... I mean, I think part of
3: that is that... He seems to be the only person that really acknowledges her.
2: Mm -hmm. It's true. That's true.
3: He sees her as a person, and yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and and again, like you know, there could have been more of that, like yeah, but you know, you see her sneaking around. No one really acknowledges Mm -mm. her. Even Mm -mm. I don't know if any other person acknowledges her in the movie besides.
1: You're absolutely right. Nobody does. Jack and of course the. Dr. Franken. Dr. Finkelstein, Finkelstein
3: that yeah. one. So, yeah. So he, um, and then, oh, at the end of the movie, Sally's liberation.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, when mm-hmm. she sees Dr. Finkelstein with his new creation that's like a copy of the yeah. yeah. woman, yeah. which is really funny. But, but, sexy. yeah. But sexy, sexy Dr. Finkelstein. <laughs> um, and you see, like, oh, okay, it's all coming back now. Um, She sees that and she's very sad because she realizes, like, her purpose, her only purpose was serving him Mm -hmm. and he's replaced her. Yeah, And so now she's, like, I don't know, in my mind it's kind of like, well, where's my happy ending? Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I guess that'll be a bittersweet moment because it's like, oh, I'm free, but it's like, free to do what, though? But, like, Like, what she does then is
1: she goes and she tries to save Santa and to try to fix Jack's mistake, um, which... I love her whole saving Santa bit because it's very much like she's successful as far as she is because of her skills as a ragdoll. Like the way she's saving Santa is purely because of her ability to detach herself, which I thought was really <laughs> to cool. Her leg off. And her hands yeah, and like to take
3: her leg and hands off. Yeah,
1: I thought that was really cool. And I almost like I wish that had worked.
3: Actually, like... <laughs> it would I wish, too, because then it would have been like, oh, Sally is the real hero. Yeah,
1: or maybe, like, Sally saves Santa and Jack comes back, but they have to, like... Jack is the one who has to get Santa back into the real world. Like, maybe if they had done yeah. that, so that...
3: And also, you allow... I I think Jack coming back and saving them, one, it kind of helps, like, he... Is helping Santa for the first yeah, ever. and
1: it, like it lets him reestablish himself as the Pumpkin King of Halloween Town yeah. for sure.
3: And they have a confrontation, Santa and Jack, and Santa's like, "Yeah, screw you, dude. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you messed it up." And Jack is like, "Yeah, I did." Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sally, we see her go off on her own adventure, and then she comes back, sees this, you know, Doctor Finkelstein. Creation, and that's when she runs off to the pumpkin patch to pick a flower and mourn. Yeah, and she, that's such a mood. Yeah. Um, but Jack sees her
1: mm-hmm. for the
3: first time and follows her mm-hmm. for the first time instead of the other way around. Yeah, like her, you know, ghosting around yeah. him. He follows her and approaches her in a way that you're just like, I don't yes. know, perfect couple. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I I do really like um. Because, I mean, we see a lot in movies of the time the women are... Uh, we still have this problem, but women characters in movies like this are the B-plots right. just to romance and fix the male protagonist. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but that's... We see Um. both of them as characters yes. go through this transformation of their own, separate from each other, mm-hmm. and they can support each other in that, and then... They really do become, as Sally says, like, I'm the only one who understands him. Um, Or, like, you know, he would understand Mm -hmm. if he only talked to me. Mm -hmm. We really see that connection where it's like, no, you guys do understand each other and they can. Yeah. I don't want to say shared trauma, trauma bonding, but they both have their own journey.
1: Yes. And I think it's very important to, like, Sally does not fix Jack. Like, she Not supports him. Kind of. She tries to yeah. call him out when he's being problematic. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's Jack. But she also lets him make mistakes. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. She does her whole fo- frog she- fog chill, which she's like trying her best to stop him any she way did. she can. That is true. That um, is true. Yeah. She tried so hard to make it right. But like, but she couldn't. no, she can't. Jack has to solve his own problems, Jack has to learn from his own mistakes. Um, which I think is very important to both of their characters. Yes, but
3: yeah, yeah. I still think Sally's the real hero <laughs> of the story, and Jack is a great villain yeah. to himself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
3: and but in the end, truly does make things right. Hmm.
1: Hmm. Um, absolutely. Which is great
3: because he's such a fun character. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we have
1: any last thoughts? This is a good movie. <laughs>
0: it's such a good it's very
3: good it's very fun very unique in the way that it approaches a holiday yeah yeah um and And turns the holiday into a culture
1: (laughs) yep and i love that this gives like halloween people a way to enjoy christmas because i feel like for a long time if you were like dark and edgy you just hated christmas but now yeah, you Christmas can, is, like, fun, yeah. Right? But, but yeah, now, now you can enjoy you can it. Enjoy it. Yeah. So join me in my happy joy and jingle bells. And yes, you can bring your orange and black and everything and your biting yeah, Christmas trees. That's fine, my, I guess. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It really
3: brings it to life. Brooke, do you have any last thoughts?
0: Um, I was well. I I like that. So this is going out on. This is scheduled to, for release on mm-hmm. Halloween. Oh, and perfect. I just hope that everybody is having a good week. yeah. But if they've got the time to watch this tonight, then they should. Agreed. Please
3: do. Yeah, it's the perfect feel-good Halloween film. Not in the same way that Midsummer is. <laughs> I will say. Um, also a good choice. But yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas is like the ultimate scary and wholesome combination. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Highly recommend. My go-to for Halloween used to be Corpse Bride. I would watch that every year on Halloween. And
3: that's so good. Also, just do back to back. Watch yeah, Nightmare and watch Corpse Bride. Perfect. And revel in the beauty that is claymation mm-hmm. and Timbert. And
1: wholesome horror.
3: Yes, it's always like so fun. There's good
1: message. <laughs> it's just great. Yeah. Yeah. Ellie, uh you have any projects to promote? Anything anywhere you want to be found? Uh not really.
3: I um it's fall time, which means I get to be sick a lot. Mm. So my commissions are closed. <laughs> I don't have any like super interesting design to uh promote to so, like come hire me. Although if you have some small creative projects, I'm working on some things with some podcasts, right? Nice now doing logos and stuff. So if you have something small like that. Definitely hit me up. Um, I will have the time, um, and yeah, I guess so check where out do they my contact you? yeah check out my Twitter at Barnhart Ellie. Um, I have my portfolio linked there to my Behance account, which you can check out um, and see all my tweets about my horror movies for the thirty one days of horror that I'm doing. I guess it'll be Halloween
1: by then. Yeah. so I'll be
3: done. Mm-hmm um but yeah and my thirst tweets about jack skellington and your husband and my beautiful husband yes my jack skellington
1: he's a good boy
3: he is the perfect man um so yeah that's that's pretty much me so that's
1: barnhart l-e-b-a-r-n-h-a-r-t-e-l-l-i-e
3: yes thank you chase that's exactly it
1: Thank you spelling guys so me much champ for over me. here. Was, Thank
3: you yeah, for coming. This was a blast. I'm glad I finally got to be on the show in like the best <laughs> the best episode of all time. This is
1: what movie having movie. guests is for, so that people we love can gush about movies they love.
0: Yeah, it's been yes. a blast. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Um, and so, listeners, if you would like to contact us here at the podcast, you can email us at drawnoutcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, at Drawn Out Cast. You can join our Facebook group, Drawn Out Chats.
1: That, that is all of it, yeah. I've been trying really hard to retweet trailers and stuff on the Twitter, so that even though we're...
0: I have been
3: seeing that.
1: Yeah, we're losing a little bit of Disney news between, like, school and everything, so we're doing a lot of advanced recording. Yeah. Um, both, sure. both teaching so, it and being in yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're, uh, we're try- I'm trying to keep the Twitter at least current with Disney news, um, which... Yeah, Disney. Uh, when this episode launches, uh, Disney Plus will be out in a week. Isn't that crazy?
3: Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's exciting. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Yeah, I need to cancel all my other subscriptions.
1: <laughs> That's what they want you to do. <laughs> That's
3: what they want me to do. And I'm, you know what? I'm going to give it to them. <sighs> very excited. We might have a Star Wars trailer, too.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, it's getting so do close. It
3: yeah it's getting so close rumor mill hopefully we'll have a trailer by the time this episode comes out if not you know what it's coming out in like two months yep so
1: you know and there's
0: gonna be something something
1: yeah yeah it'll be around now um well so this is oh, and
0: this has
1: been a oh you can do it oh okay and this has been a drawn out closing
3: <laughs> awesome
1: This podcast is in no way affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its subsidiaries. The views expressed in this podcast by its hosts and its guests belong solely to those people and are not in any way representative of Disney nor any of our employers. Thanks for listening.